Welcome to the 10th episode of the Trailside Podcast. In this series, I'll be speaking with cyclists that are part of the Kona Bikes Ambassador Program, in which Kona Bikes helps to support cyclists from all around the world. In this episode, I speak with Lewis about working as a filmographer on the pro mountain bike circuit and about his recently released self-shot video titled Self-Portrait. This episode was recorded before he released his video, so we chat a little bit how he manages to get all the shots by himself, and the video can be found on on the Kona Cog News website. Okay, um, thanks for coming along today to join me and have a have a conversation with me today. Um, the whole idea behind this style of podcast is to to go in knowing very little about the person I'm talking to, rather than have a bunch of questions prepared, so that way I can learn about you from you, and we can just have a conversation. So I suppose if you could uh, just introduce yourself and tell me about how cycling is involved in your life. Uh, my name is Louis Citadel. I'm 22 years old and I live in Morzine, France. I'm half French, half English. And I guess just growing up in Morzine, I was always surrounded by mountain bikes. Yeah. Um, my dad used to ride bikes as well. And I just very naturally got into it pretty much from a very early age cool and and how old are you now i'm 22 so i've been riding for 19. oh wow yes yeah, so really your whole life and you're still only young 22 isn't exactly old yeah and um did you spend more of your life in morzine or more in your life in uk or would you kind of flip-flop back and forth um i've i've always lived i was born just down the valley um I w- i've always lived in morzine i just go maybe once a year to see my family oh, okay. in the uk but i oh uh, yeah i've always lived here yeah i went to school here well yeah morzine is probably one of the best places to to get into mountain biking that's for sure um are you far from the trails where, where you are or do you literally have like a ski lift at your front door that you can just hop onto with your bike yeah, so the the main plenty lift um, and super moisy lift are like maybe three minute ride away from my house. So yeah, very very central. Um, I have trails that I can literally get back from the trails to my house without having to pedal. It's yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> no, I wouldn't complain with that either. And you do um, skiing and snowboarding then in the the winter time as well. Um, I used to. My dad used to be a ski instructor, okay. um, and skiing is is very very big much more much bigger than mountain mm-hmm. biking in in this area so yeah i would ski i would go to ski school in winter so yeah when i was um 17 18 hours training to become a ski instructor which is again quite common in france uh, in the alps at least where there is snow and so i i took a gap year after school and i went to new zealand with a friend and so since new zealand summer are when um, winters are in France. That means I, I missed a whole winter season in yeah. Morzine, so I didn't ski at all. And I, I kind of stopped. I stopped uh, the training to become a ski instructor, and now I just do a lot of um, backcountry skiing uh, just for fun. Okay. But yeah, m- much less than before. I still enjoy it a lot, though. Yeah. And uh, you're. Uh, I, as much as I do know about you, your Instagram says that you're a maker of films. So is that what um, is that what you primarily do with your your time? Is that kind of your job or your profession? Yeah, 
yeah, that is my full-time job. Um, I well, I actually started during the um, New Zealand trip. My friend and I bought a small camera and we just recorded cool. all the time. And yeah, just it was just a very natural transition from just a passion into my full-time job. Um, I ju- I would just film my friends a lot riding bikes around when I was at home and yeah, I just yeah, mm. it was a very natural transition. And then you got an itch for filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, I I love storytelling. I think like mountain biking is one of the most um, photogenic sports out there. Like the style of the rider, the the landscapes, the um, yeah, all the different riding styles. It's just so much, so many creative options to yeah, so many cool stories as well. It's just yeah, I just love it so much. Yeah, 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 it it is yet the. The scenery and shots you can get sometimes is, can be pretty amazing in some videos. I can, like, I've I've done a few videos before, but you know, just more, just to kind of do something for myself. But I would never class any of the stuff I do as very cinematographic. But like some of the mm. shots that really good filmmakers can get are just insane. The way they can yeah. make something look so epic out of something yeah. so simple as riding a bicycle. Mm. Yeah, and, I agree and is with it, that. Yeah, is it primarily like mountain biking um, that you focus on when you're com- when you're making your films, or is it a bit of everything? I suppose if you uh, said you're professional, like do you know do you get hired by other people to come in and make stuff, make videos for other people for different businesses or or storytelling, or how does that work with you? It's yeah. So I primar- primarily do mountain biking videos. I I do I really enjoy doing wildlife filming as well. So like going camping, just trying to find okay. animals and film them. But yeah, mountain biking for sure. Um, I I'm on the World Cup circuit during this the summer season. I film yeah. for uh, GZ Factory Racing. So I'll do I'll do the wind TV stuff, all the um, social media oh, wow. stuff. Uh, yeah, and then other stuff. I, I shoot for other clients as well during the summer season, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm yeah definitely a lot of uh, a lot of mountain biking stuff. Yeah, you must have gotten pretty good pretty quickly um, to be able to get kind of out there on the the World Cup circuit to be getting the shots for people like that for GT. You said was it? Uh, yeah, so I I knew the guy who was filming them for them before, and okay. I my first gig with GT was. 2021 so last year when there was mm-hmm. um, a crossover where there was a ews and a daniel world cup on the same weekend so my friend who was filming for them could not be on the two venues at the same time obviously so he just yeah. called me in to do to go and do them leo gang world cup actually and so i i filmed that and then i just stayed in touch with gt and i yeah that's how i got into it and i did like 12 11, 12 weekends, race weekends with them this year. So, yeah, it's definitely wow. ramping up nicely. Yeah. So they yeah. they hired you and you got to travel all around the world? All around Europe. I didn't go to oh, the American Europe. rounds. But oh, okay. Yeah. But I'm, and, yeah, was, uh, yeah, not complaining. So <laughs> No, I wouldn't be either. So mm. how, how does that work? Um, like, Do you, when the, the riders are heading up for their race runs or their practice runs, are you... You just hang out on the side of the trail and wait for them to fly past, or do you do they kind of session spots and you get the shots for them before they head off down the hill? I I wish they would session spots, but sadly <laughs> no. I just I just spend all day on the side of the hill with obviously all the other photographers and stuff, and yeah. we just we just stay prepared and just yeah 
we see them riding past, we press record. We yeah, we pretty much get one chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll do maybe between four and six runs a day, so we can get yeah four to six runs. Sometimes they will stop just next to us. So yeah, that's when we make the most out of it and try and get another shot of them. Yeah. But yeah, they do not session stuff just for the cameras, sadly. <laughs> yeah, they or need very, to get their practice in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And um, do you have any kind of a warning when they're coming down? Like, are you on the radio with their, with someone on the team? So when they come from the top and you know that they're, at least you have an idea that they're coming to come past you? We have a group chat. I send messages all the time saying, oh, can I have an update where the riders are? Is anyone on the hill? But they rarely respond to them. So, no, I just pretty much, yeah, don't really know what when they're coming up. So you just need so, to be yeah. really ready. Watch out for the colors and then that's it. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, they have bright yellow jerseys and bikes, so it's not yeah. too hard. But yeah, you've got to be on it definitely. Mm. Well, I suppose I can understand from their point. You know, if they do a run and they come down, and next thing you know, they need to tweak something on their bike down the bottom. You know, they could be there for a while before they go yeah. back up again, and they're just worrying on that more than anything else. Oh yeah, um, yeah. There's like yeah, there's a lot of variables. Like they can crash, break something. Uh, like the weather can come in, and they need to change. I don't know, change setup or. Just take a break. Yeah, this. I definitely understand them. Sometimes the mechanics will tell me, yes, this rider is going up. This one's just come down. So I, I have a rough idea, but I, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very, very flexible. I, I never really know exactly when to expect them. Sometimes they can be like a big lift line or a red flag. So yeah, yeah you just got to be on standby all day. Yeah, just sit there, and especially if it's wet or raining or you know you're you're stuck there on the side of the hill waiting for somebody to come past yeah that's what i was gonna say um like for i'm just thinking of leo gang this year um mm-hmm. i wanted to film all the all the like the top section which is out in the open and on training there was really cold and like heavy rain all day and yeah all the all the other media guys who just had all those big jackets i remember one of my friends just had a ikea bag around his camera and he just put a, <laughs> a, a hole through it yeah just for the lens to point and he was just hiding under that ikea bag all day uh it's that was a i'd say a long day but like we're all t- in this together like the um, the media guys were like a big i'd say like a family like mm-hmm. i've i've got to learn them i've got to um i've got to know them sorry quite well this year and they all we're all very supportive and we, yeah we we have fun on the hill, yeah. Well, you're all in it together when you're out there in the, the wet weather. Yeah, and there's much worse places to be as well. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm. You could be stuck down to the pits, hosing yeah. muck off of a bike. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. So um, what was it then that kind of brought you on board with uh, Kona Bikes? Have you been with them for long as an ambassador? Uh, So... Actually, gr- I actually grew up riding Kona bikes myself from okay. when I was seven years old all the way up to being 15, 16. So I had one, two, three, three Kona bikes. And so last year I made a self-shot video, self-shot riding video, which is um, I basically film myself riding. So I set up my mm-hmm. camera on a tripod, run up, ride down then run back up to stop the recording and yeah. i made kind of a short film like a six minute riding film last year and i believe someone from kona saw it and i got um 
an Instagram message message saying we like your work and we'd like to have you on board. And that was last oh, year. Cool. So yeah, twenty twenty two was my first year running for Kona, which has been that's amazing. pretty awesome. That you yeah. didn't have to go and apply, and they came. They saw how good you were, and they came to you. That that's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Yes. I've yeah. It, it, yeah. It meant it meant a lot to me. I was definitely not expecting that. Mm. Yeah. I've mm. like any time I was trying to make any kind of video. Yeah, I know what you mean. You'd set the camera up, you press record, you'd run back up to your bike, you try and ride past it, and then you'd you'd have to run back and then grab the camera and press stop. And like, I would always have these kind of pictures in my head of how cool things would look. And then mm. when I get home and I load everything onto the laptop and I'm looking at it, it's like that just looks crap. <laughs> so mm. it it can definitely yeah. be there's there's definitely a real skill to to making everything look good and getting the right angles and even if i was ever taking photos or kind of messing around with friends on the trail or just getting videos and stuff um mm. you know you'd be lying down off the side of the trail looking through the lens and like oh yeah this looks really cool and then you they like they fly past you and you get some shots and you're looking at them it's like that didn't work out at all like so mm. i can i can really yeah. appreciate the 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 skill and the eye that you have to have to be able to get those kind of real nice cinematic shots yeah I'd say what is really hard with um, self-shot stuff is um, that the obviously the camera is standing still on a tripod, so you can't yeah. you'd have no no movement in the camera. So you really have to nail your composition. You really have to yeah make the most out of your surroundings, like the feature you're gonna hit. Like it's yeah. it takes I'd say more even more effort than like a normal like a World Cup. Um, like just shooting our World Cup or stuff. I really have to mm-hmm. focus on like, all right, this I want to get this shot. I think it'll look best from this angle. This tree looks nice. Let let's try and make the most out of those two things. And I'm I'm not I'm not the best rider, so I I don't have the best. I'm not the fastest or more, most stylish one. So I do try and yeah create cool compositions like foreground, background. Um, yeah cool lighting and stuff and but yeah but then it's all worth it at the end i i'd go out filming for maybe four five six hours at a time and i'd come back with maybe 15 seconds of footage every time so yeah it takes time <laughs> yeah 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 and uh, not yeah. not only that, but when you're out self-filming, you have your bike and your camera and your bag and your tripod, yeah. and you have to haul yeah, everything yeah. up there with you by yourself. Yeah, set exactly. everything up, move everything, get another shot, move everything, get another shot. Yeah, it's it's it could be hard. Yeah, but it's, and, uh, it's it's hard, but it's very very rewarding at the end to see the finish finish result when you yeah. get something good. Mm. And and what so you just started off on your trip to New Zealand and you decided to grab a camera, but like were you literally just grabbing shots of everything and anything? And over time, you just started to get a little bit better and look at your composition a bit, a little bit more. Like, where did the experience come from that kind of brought you up to the level where you're good enough for a company to approach you and say, "Here, have a bike." That's a that's a very good question. Uh, I. I was definitely, I didn't know what I was doing when I was in New Zealand with that camera. Uh, uh-huh. I was just, yeah, sh- shooting, running stuff. We had the camera set on automatic settings, if I'm not wrong. And, uh-huh. um, yeah, I don't know. Then I, we sold that camera and I got my own camera when I got back to France. And then I just, I don't know, I, I guess I just got into it more. I, just a lot of YouTube tutorials, I think. Just, yeah. Yeah. And then 
trial and error on the trails and yeah it's just as i said before it's just a very natural transition i i can't Mm -hmm. pinpoint a moment where it's like oh this that day i decided i want to learn this or i need to yeah learn this skill or stuff i was just i don't know very natural and gradual yeah just something you developed over time through enjoying it yeah yeah definitely that's a big factor just i did a migraine half hours just coming back with just garbage shots and trying again that yeah i just i was just yeah. having fun so yeah uh-huh mm. and uh like so you had no kind of interest in it before you went to new zealand you never really thought about it at all i really appreciated like uh, watching movies like rad company not bad um unreal stuff like that but i mm-hmm. uh, i was i used to race bikes a lot so i i was more i enjoyed more than actual writing parts but i the writing part uh-huh. of the film but i i maybe didn't appreciate as much the filming side and then when i i don't know when i if, as time went by i i look i watched those movies again i just watched not bad not too bad movie last night actually and i just started dissecting how the film was made and yeah I just yeah had a much bigger respect for it, and I wanted to to do it myself. So, yeah, awesome. And, uh, so you, I, I got a bit lost there, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I I get you. I understand. And mm. um, so you said you used to race bikes as well. Like, were you racing from a really young age? As you said, you started cycling when you were really young. Were you always racing? Like, is is there that kind of a, an environment for for really young kids? You know, here, like, you can start racing at a very young age, but, you know, like, the small kids would be on balance bikes and they're just there to yeah. have a bit of fun before, you know, you, there's under sixes and under eights and under tens and everything. So, like, when did you take up the kind of more competitive side of cycling? So, in uh, in Liget, which is a 10-minute drive from Morzine, there is um, a bike club. And I, I, I did my first year there when I was seven years old. And... I started racing XC trials and downhill with um, with the the team that the club had at the time when I was I'd say ten years old and I did four years of that like regional circuits and then okay. when I was fourteen I fully transitioned into downhill racing only and I raced until two thousand and seven seventeen. Even 2018, I did the Crankworks race in Leger. Yeah. Oh, cool! Like mm. I can't, I can't imagine a ten-year-old riding downhill. <laughs> mm. Yeah, especially true. on the on, on coming down an Alpine trail. Yeah, and we were, we were only that the um, the circuit I was on. We were only allowed one bike, so it was just a 24-inch. It was actually a Kona bike as well, a 24-inch uh, hardtail Kona bike. Cool. For the like the the downhill which was actually quite quite rough there's always a few like kids getting helicoptered out sadly and yeah oh it was, wow yeah yeah it's pretty extreme mm. and then we were like, all surely in, they're like, not throwing like, you down the world cup tracks like there'd no, be a much no, a tamer version for a 10 year old i'd imagine not world cup track but i can remember one track in particular where it was it was it was pretty full-on and we were all we were all in like lycra, lycra, no knee pads. Uh, mm. We had full face helmets, but a lot of the kids didn't. So yeah, it was it's pretty extreme, but it's good fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's mm. nuts. And um, yeah. so did you just 
as you kind of hit your later teens or kind of early 20s did you just start to lose interest in the racing side of it or do you still race now like are Um, you are you very competitive or do you just cycle for the love of cycling i'm not competitive against others but more with myself i try to like uh i will always try to like push myself to do to like i don't know ride further ride more elevation gets like push mm-hmm. my bike an extra 10 minutes of that ridge to get the shot, but not that much, um, against others. I, I, when I used to race downhill, I, um, I would get good results. I was rarely on the podium, but I was, I, I, I didn't look stupid, but I wasn't winning races, if that makes sense. And, but I, yeah. it didn't bother me that much. I'd see, other kids get really, really annoyed when they weren't on the podium or performing that much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd say I'm not I'm not the most competitive guy at races. And I I wouldn't say I lost interest in it, but it's just um, it was at the time where I started really enjoying filmmaking. So I, it was yeah, like a natural transition from filming to uh, from writing yeah. to filming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd probably be somewhere around the same as yourself. I, yeah, like I, I like to go to some of the races, and I did used to race downhill on the Irish circuit, but I was always kind of in the the midfield. But I'd 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 go out for the the weekend and go to the race and just enjoy myself mm. more so than actually getting really upset with myself if I wasn't up the top somewhere. It was more just yeah. going out cycling with friends and having fun in a place I hadn't cycled before and tre- testing out a new track and trying not mm. to kill myself on the downhill track. Yeah. Yeah, and looking back now, I I realized I was maybe I don't know. Some other kids were just so into racing, into like winning the races that they weren't actually like grateful to be there. And at the time, it was our parents driving us there to the races, like taking days off to drive us a few hours away to stay yeah. in a average hotel so we could race. And mm-hmm. I'd say I I really I'm really really grateful for that looking for that looking back and yeah I just I think I I enjoyed the whole experience more than some other kids back then I'd say yeah if that makes sense well like at the end of the day if you're not really actually enjoying what you're doing mm. you know that's that kind of takes a lot away from it like that that's one thing yeah. winning but if you don't enjoy actually going there and doing that and you're especially with kids like you know and teenagers when they get kind of too much into their own head and they're trying to push themselves a little bit too much there's, mm. a, there's a lot to be said to okay well step back and just relax a little yeah. bit and you know when you're having fun you're going to get better at something because you enjoy doing it yeah i agree big time and what's funny is that um out of them so i'd say there was maybe six to eight of us from the leger bike club i was at who were going to the races i was doing and out of mm-hmm. the all those kids i am the one who is, I'm the only one still riding bikes um, yeah. today, yeah, or riding bikes as much as I do, yeah. Got a little yeah. bit too deep too quick, and now they just don't want to have anything to do with it anymore. Pretty much, yeah, I, I, I guess, I don't know, yeah. Mm. And, and have yeah. you any kind of big film projects coming up, or are you working on anything in particular now that the, the race season is over? Or is it just, so, the, has actually, the snow started coming in and that puts a halt to everything? No, luckily the weather's been very good. And actually, t- I'm going to, uh, I'm doing my last filming day tomorrow for the um, 
my new self-shot uh, short film. Oh, so cool. yeah, that's been I've been working on that since end of August. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be a big one. Um, I was it was originally planning on on it being four to five minutes, and it's looking like it's going to be seven minutes now. So oh, okay. it's yeah, it's it's a big project. Um, I was actually. Uh, with um, I actually met the whole Kona team, or a lot of the Kona dealers and the um, Monaco team, in Finale Liguri two weeks ago. I went to film yeah. a segment there, um, and I met I met some of the team there. So yeah, awesome. That's yeah, a I saw project. a few of them on. Yeah. on I've seen the pictures and everything on Instagram of all the guys heading over and and they see coming over and uh, Scott yeah. from the UK and stuff. Yeah, so that looks like a a cool time. What's what's Monaco like? So I didn't go to Monaco. They came oh, okay. to Finale, and I I had dinner with them. So they arrived the day before I left. So I didn't get to ride with them. I I had dinner with the like, I think there's like twenty of us. It was yeah, it was really really nice. Yeah. Oh cool. That's that's still mm. good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I was lucky enough to to twice. I got to go to the dealer events. Um. I think the first year we were in. Uh, Austria in Surfhouse yeah. uh, Lattice, and then the second year yeah. where were we um, teen and yeah. so yeah that that was like that that was amazing to me because over here we don't have like ski lifts or huge big massive trails like there, there's a couple of the bike parks where you can get an uplift but you're you know you, you're riding in the back of a an army truck with with bus seats in it and they have the trailers for the bikes that you hang mm. them on and then you know the short runs but you get loads of runs in during the day but be able to go up on a on a ski lift and look at my feet dangling over the ground and yeah. these epic views yeah. over the mountains and and it was mm. it was amazing it was it was really really cool and then you know Kona always used to put on like an amazing amazing events like you know they'd bring you out for dinner and they'd have all this stuff going on and got to go like on the alpine roller coasters and stuff like that that was that that was cool. Like so, we don't have any of that here in Ireland. Like so, that, yeah. that was a that was a real, real amazing weekend away from me. Nice, yeah. It's like a big family, pretty much. Yeah, everyone really yeah. friendly, and everyone, and yeah. even like the owners of the company are there, like you know, and they're going around talking yeah. to everybody, and they're having drinks with everybody and dinner. Like mm. you know, there's no, it's all it's all super laid back, and everyone is just yeah, like a big family and just a huge group of friends. Mm. Nice. What year was mm-hmm. that? Well, because of COVID, there wasn't anything for the last couple of years. So I think, I'm trying to think, would it, it probably, probably nine, 2019 and 2020, oh, yeah. maybe, nice. if, if, if yeah. I'm, I'm guessing, but it would have been around yeah. that. So I got to go those two oh. years and that, that was amazing. Yeah, cool. Nice. Um, so without uh, giving away too much about your next project, can you tell me a little bit about it? What kind of story have you got? So if you, if it's going to be a long enough one, about six minutes or seven minutes, you know, is it is it this big, epic backcountry adventure where you're camping out on the mountains or is it more just, you know, trail riding or, or is there a story to tell behind the video? There isn't much of an actual story to tell um, compared to the one, to the self-shot video I made last year. It's just... Okay. Um, I filmed myself in 10 different locations and all those locations look quite different. And so I, the concept is just to transition from location to location in a very seamless way. So I don't want to give Mm -hmm. too much away, but there is cool like transitions and 
yeah. of music effects that make it very, I mean, for me anyways, very seamless. And yeah, it's not much of an actual story. It's just, I'd say, a cool writing video. I, I wanted to trim the video down from seven minutes to five minutes, but I, I, all the shots I've got are just too good to <laughs> not put in the video. So, and when yeah. I, when I watch the whole video, the seven minutes, the seven minutes go by quite quickly. So I think that's mm-hmm. a good thing. I don't know. Cool. We'll, we'll see what the people say, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with it so far. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That, that seems like a pretty big project. I know, um, I can't remember who it was, but there were a few years ago, probably even more than a few years ago at this point, there was an, a really, really good movie that came out about cycling. I can't remember who it was, but it was like the whole the intro was really cinematic about how, you know, the the method has been made for the bikes and how the, the bike is just a tool to get around and all this stuff. But then mm-hmm. when as it kind of transitioned into the mountain biking side of it, like they had these these overhead shots and these wide shots of yeah. the trail. But as the cyclist yeah. went through, they, they ran through it, but then they had the same shot from like the winter and then spring and then summer and oh. then autumn. And like, I can't imagine like that must've taken a whole year to get the, yeah. the one shot in the one position. And then like, have to find the exact same camera angle and the exact mm. same position and the same focal length and zoom length and everything. And it must've been, it, it it looked really really awesome and they even had some drone shots or overhead shots well I don't know if they were drone shots but they were definitely overhead looking yeah. straight down on the trail and just to find the exact same spot that the camera was in so you can get yeah. the exact same angle four times at four different times of the year yeah. and as the cyclist went down the trail like the, the the transition faded so it went from like you know everything was brown and, and dead yeah. after the winter and then next thing it all just turned green and you could see all the flowers coming out as and I remember looking mm. at that I, I I have to figure out what film that was and go back and watch it again because that was mm. it was pretty epic yeah so that's think, actually funny you say that because those kind of transitions I actually is what I'm doing in my video like trans like cool. um, I can explain like where yeah where the camera settings are the exact same so like shooting a wide angle at this distance, at this angle from the from the rider, and mm-hmm. so I I didn't explain it well just then. But I I for example I shot um, a transition in Finale Ligure like two weeks ago on a ridge, which was okay. I think um, eighteen millimeter lens at maybe eight nine meters away from the back left side of me, mm-hmm. sort of level and. Last week, I went to film the second part of that transition on a ridge high above Morzine. So I once again had to be like eight, nine meters away at kind yeah. of this angle and this distance. So it would match seamlessly in the edits. And yeah, it's, okay, it's, it's, it's cool. worked out really well. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose yeah. the difference with the other one would be you're going from location to location rather than being the yeah. exact same location going season to yeah, season. That's a, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it's the like same it was, concept, I think. was it really hard to try and find or like scout the locations? Like, so if you said you've got a, a a ledge in one area and you think, okay, that's great, and then you have to go and f- you shoot one half the shot, and then you have to find something that looks nearly similar where you have the space to yeah. to prop the camera in the exact same place and the exact same angle. It, it like does it take mm-hmm. a lot of time of just riding and scouting and then trying to figure the shots out? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of scouting. Um, not just I'd just go for a hike, not even on my bike. I'd just go walk mm-hmm. around trails, 
and see, oh, this could match, this could work. Maybe this is really good, but I, I have no place to put my camera, so I'm going to have to ditch this idea. But yeah, there's yeah. Def- definitely a lot of scouting to know how how and if things can work. Yeah, Seems like yeah, a big, big project, and a big undertaking, mm-hmm. especially if it's all kind of self-shot and you're just there by yourself doing everything. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, as I it's said, a, it's just very, very rewarding in the end. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a labor of love. Like when you put in all the hard work and the effort, and then you come back and you see how everything is turning out, like you had in the, yeah. the vision in your head, and it just, yeah, it's it's cool yeah, to exactly to see the final project. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Okay, yeah. well, yeah. thanks for giving me some of your time um, this morning yeah. and coming on and having a, a chat with me, or this afternoon, I should say. Now at this point, um, it's great learning. I, I learned a lot about how the filming side of it works and, and I and it's good to know that all those poor media guys on the downhill trails are just stuck and they have to sit there all day and hope that they might uh, get a shot when somebody bla- uh, flies past them I, I was always kind of curious how that worked um, we're definitely not to blame we're definitely we're, no we have fun we're not to blame it could be much much worse places to be yeah, <laughs> yeah. alright okay well, thanks so much Zeus uh, for, for yeah. coming on today thank it you was so great, much great for having me yeah